Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking at verse number 21. And I got a question for you this morning. Can God really use you? Can God really use you? We liked a couple weeks ago, can God really save you? A resounding, yes, He can. Last week we looked at, can God really keep you saved? Here again, another resounding, yes, He can. I don't know about you, but I think He has a pretty good batting average. And so as we ask this question, can God really use you? I think we're going to find out He really can. And the question here is not, can God? The question is, will we allow Him to use us? So if you take your Bible, we're in chapter 9, looking at verse number 21. This is what the Bible says. It says, But all that heard Him were amazed and said, Is not this He that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem? Of course, referring to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is, and, and so... Peter, uh, not Peter, but Paul, Paul is preaching now the gospel. So here's the question. Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Is this not the same guy that we're having those arrested and he was persecuting and all that? Is this not the same guy? They were a little, per- a little confused here. And it goes on and says, And he came hither uh, for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. We all know the story. It's the story of Paul. If you go to chapter 9, start reading. Of course, uh, Paul is on to Damascus Road. As he's on to Damascus Road, uh, the text that we just read, and this is why they were so amazed about it, uh, that as he's going to the Damascus Road, his intent was not to go teach a, a, a Sunday school lesson. His intent was not to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. His intent was that he was going to get orders that he can put more into captivity and he can go ahead and his goal was to rub this movement of Jesus out. Okay, you you got the picture here. So as he's around the Damascus, we looked at this a little bit last time, that uh, the Lord spoke to him, and the Lord uh, saved him. We believe that Paul was converted on the Damascus road. And as he was uh, saved, we see that he goes on in, and he gets his orders, and we see that now God has used this man who was persecuting the church. Matter of fact, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Church, we need to understand, if you come against the church, you're coming against Jesus Christ. If you're coming against uh, one another who are believers, you're coming against Jesus Christ. This is his church. He's the head of the body. We're the members. And so we need to understand, you better be very careful what you say about the church, what we say about one another, how we bite and and fuss and all that, because I'm telling you, you're doing it unto the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Better be careful when you do that. And so here we see, now Paul is preaching, and they're amazed. They say, "This, this man hated 
You go to Acts and you will see he hated the church. But when he got saved, all that changed. And so I'm telling you, the first thing that we need is we're answering this question, can God really use you? You need to know that your past does does not disqualify you. We see it here in the life of Paul. But then we also understand what the Scripture tells us. And the Scripture tells us in 1 John, and 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse number uh, 7. He says that He has cleansed us from all sin. Say that word, all. All sin. That means that if you confess your sins, that you've repented of your sin, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. The Bible tells us that He has cleansed you and He's forgiven you and He will not hold that against you. But then He goes on and says in Psalms, the 103rd Psalm, it talks about uh, that He will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. Now, a very simple illustration. But we say this is our marker. These arrangements here, that's our marker. And He says this, this is your sin. He says He will remove them as far as the east is from the west. And so if you start walking west, you'll continue to walk west. You will continue to walk west. Can I stop now? You continue to walk. You will never return back to that point. If you're walking east, the Bible says that He will remove it as far as the east is from the west. You walk east. You keep walking east. You keep walking. He says, is this far enough? No, you got to go a little further. And you go until you never will return back to your sin. See, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ, when He shed His blood, He said He's done it for the remission of our sin. He has removed your past. So you cannot use this that, well, you don't understand what I've done. I can't serve the Lord. Well, it looks like he used Paul. But we also need to be reminded is that there's three ways you can look at your past. First way is how you remember it. The second is how others remember it. Well, the third, God doesn't remember it, God removes it. Amen. So, well, I say, I understand. Uh, uh, Paul, you know, Paul is a unique individual. You know, he was well educated. I can see why God, well, uh, may I just go ahead and remind you of Abraham. We all know the Abraham. He's a, he was the patriarch. He was, uh, God made a covenant with him. Now I find it very interesting that he made a covenant with a man that was going to lie. Abraham was a liar. Lied about his wife. He made a covenant with Abraham. But we also see, not only did he make a covenant, but he even said this about Abraham. He said, Abraham, you will be a father of many nations. We're talking about a liar here. What about Jacob? Jacob, used of God, he wrestled with God. We all know the story. He wrestled with God and he had a limp from the day on. And that was to remember the encounter that he had with the Lord. And the Lord used him in a very special way. But do you realize that Jacob was a deceiver? Now, wait a minute. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Here's Paul who hated the church, persecuted the church, 
get saved and now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Used Him in a mighty way. Used Him to help establish churches. Went on a couple of missionary journeys. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he hated Jesus until he got saved. But we see Abraham, Abraham, a father of many nations. He was a liar. We see Jacob who was used of God, but he was a deceiver. But may I remind you of Peter? Oh, we all know about Peter. We talk about Peter and we ridicule Peter at times. You remember that he was on the boat. The Lord was there on the water. Peter gets out of the boat walking towards the Lord. And as he was walking towards the Lord, the Bible says he was looking into Jesus. He, he, he was keeping his eyes on Jesus. And what do, we, what do we say about Peter? We don't remember that he got out of the boat. We don't talk about much about how he uh, showed his faith. All we want to talk about is how he took his eyes off Jesus and started to drown. But Peter, remember Peter. Peter is the one who says, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll, you can trust on me, God. I'm your man. Three times he denied Christ. He said, here's what we would do. He's no longer in any service. Kick him to the curb. His past is tainted. We can't have people with tainted past. But may I remind you, Peter got things right. And probably the greatest sermon that Peter preached and his greatest ministry was after he denied Christ. So you can sit here all you want and you can say, well, God can't use me because of my past. God won't. You just don't understand, Brother Mike. You don't understand the, the horrible things that I've done. Well, I don't know about you, but it looks to me like if he can do it for Paul, he can do it for Jacob, he can do it for Abraham, he can do it for Peter, I think he can do it for you as well. So here's what you need to understand today. You need to quit buying into the lies that Satan has stirred up in your mind that says you're no longer worthy of serving Him, you can be used of God if you just allow Him. So, we see here that we can't use our past. But I also want you to realize you cannot use your present situation. What are you talking about? Well... Brother Mike, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not the Bible scholar that I should be. I, I just, uh, you know, I didn't do well in school. Matter of fact, uh, the only reason I got my diploma was because they were just tired of me. <laughs> Apparently, there's a number of those. That's how you got through. <laughs> Let's get rid of them, man. But uh, have you ever heard of a man named by the name of D.L. Moody? D.L. Moody had no formal education. But yet, God used him. And there is no telling how many people came to know Jesus Christ because of his preaching ministry. Well, okay, all right. Well, you know, I just, my, my, my finances are just not really, 
you know, I, I struggle. We, you know, we're paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, I just don't know if I, God can use me for that. You ever heard of a man by the name of George Mueller? Brother George felt impressed with the Lord to start orphanage. George didn't have any money. His ministry is based on faith. Which, by the way, pretty good way to start, right? See, what's happened in the modern church today is we're relying on everything else. We're relying on our education. We're relying on our finances. We're relying on all kinds of things when we just ought to just say, God, this is your ministry, and if you're wanting to succeed, you'll see it done. We just need to be obedient and do what you've told us to do. See, that's how George operated. And Brother George, there were times when he didn't know when the next meal was going to come about, and he would just start praying. And there was many, many accounts where they're sitting at the table with nothing to feed these kids. Knock on the door. Enough groceries to feed the kids. I'm telling you, you cannot use that as an excuse not to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you have a third degree education or you have a master's degree. Your education will not hinder you only if you're available to be used of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so your present situation no longer is an excuse for you not to be serving Him. One of my favorite stories found in 2 Kings chapter 7. I love this story. In 2 Kings chapter 7 talks about four lepers. Now understand, get the backdrop here. These men had that skin disease. It was a horrible skin disease. Matter of fact, they were deemed unclean. Whenever they would walk about, they would have to say, unclean, unclean. They were outcast. The Bible says in 2 Kings that they were outside the city, the city of Samaria. The Syrian army is fixing to take over the town. There was an encampment right outside. They start having a conversation, these four lepers. Nobody cared about. They couldn't even be in the city, couldn't make contact with anybody. And so they're sitting there and they start saying, you know what, we're going to die if we just sit here. By the way, church... If that's our mentality, we will die. Amen. Oh, okay, we, 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 we're in a place. Oh, we're, we're kind of satisfied. We got everything we need. Right. So we're just sit here. You'll die. Yes, but then we also see that they say, now if we go into the city, can't go into the city because there's no food there. No food supply has been going in because of the Syrian encampment. So they said, okay, here, here's our dilemma. If we sit here, we die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. But if we go into the enemy camp, oh, this is where it gets good. If we go into the enemy camp, maybe they have some pity on us and maybe they'll feed us. But if they don't, we'll die. So here's our options. Go into the city, die. Sit here, die. Go into the enemy camp, die. So they say, we're going to go to the enemy camp. This is how God operates. Four outcasts, 
Four unclean. Society didn't want anything to do with them. Everybody's given up. Nobody wants to fool with them. And so they come into the enemy camp and guess what? God understood that he needed to feed these lepers because we see the love of Jesus Christ on the down and out and the outcast. The Lord provided a way for them. They go into the enemy camp and there's no one in there. And the reason why is because God orchestrated a sound. They thought chariots and horses were coming in and they run out of the camp fearing for their lives. Now here's a picture of this. This, this is what I have in my mind. Here we are. We're represented for those lepers. See, we, because of our sin, we were unclean. Because of our sin, we were outcast. Because of our sin, we weren't in the family. But because of the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, He extended us and He showed us His love and we got saved. And when we got saved, He provided a way for us. And now we're able to go into the enemy camp, mind you. And the Bible tells us, Greater, and we've heard it today, greater that he's in me than he that's in the world. May I remind you, we've been called light. We've been called uh, uh, children of life. And when we arrived in a dark world, the enemy camp, the enemy darkness has to flee. Why? Because the love of Jesus Christ and because of his life that he's placed in us and we're light and we're illuminating because of what he did for us. Light cannot cohabitate with darkness I'm telling you we have authority over Satan and all of his demonic spirits not because of who you are but because of whose we are he has all authority bless his holy name and so here these four lepers they had a situation that did not hinder them to move forward but I like the rest of the story. And, and this is a whole, I know this is another sermon in itself. They're starting to eat and they're eating well. They finish eating. They probably wore some of those elastic pants. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, guys? Where it kind of expands as you grow. Whoever thought of that was a genius. So they were back there and they were rubbing their bellies and they said, oh boys, we ate good today. Yeah, we sure did. Conviction came on them. Said, you know what? This is not right. And the church said, where we're going, we're getting there. We're getting there. They said, there's a city there that's starving to death. Oh, this gets good. This gets good. There's a city there that's starving to death. And it's just wrong for us to sit here and eat and eat when there's women, men, and children dying. We need to go and tell them the good news. Oh, so they get up. They go to the guards. Tell them what happened. Guards go to the other guards. And long story short, the, the, the whole town did not starve to death. Now watch this. The whole town did not starve to death because of four lepers. Four lepers who were willing to be used of the Lord Jesus Christ. They could easily say, well, nobody will pay any attention. We're lepers. 
Nobody cares for us. Nobody wants to hear anything we have to say. And that's some of our mentality in the church today. Oh, everybody's heard about Jesus in this town. We really don't need to really be concerned about all those around us. I'm telling you, there's a city in which God has placed us that's looking for some willing servants for someone to be used of God and say, God, here I am. Use me for your glory, for your honor, because there's a town that's starving to death and here we are feasting upon the word and we got the good news of Jesus Christ and we're keeping it to ourselves. That's wrong. It's just wrong. So you can't use your situation. You don't get an out. God will use you in your present situation. But then we go and there's some, maybe some personal hurdles. Brother Mike, I'm getting up in age now. And I've, I've served the Lord faithfully. But you know, I just think it's somebody else's turn. Yep. Where in the world did you get that from? Amen. You didn't get it from Scripture. Amen. May I remind you of a man named Moses? Moses. You all know Moses. 80 years old. 80 years old, God says, Moses, you do this. Now Moses, of course, had his excuses too. You go to Exodus chapter 4. First one was he says, uh, I just don't speak well. The Lord says, that's no problem. By the way, some of you have used that as an excuse. Well, you know, I butcher the English language up pretty well. Duh, I mean, like I don't. I mean, you know, come on. And, 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 and he says, I just don't talk well. Oh, here's a, could he say, Moses would say, you know, I just get a little scared in front of crowds. Moses led the people out of Egypt. Estimate. When they went at the tabernacle, the encampment of the tabernacle, two and a half, three million people. I think God used him pretty well there. But then he also said, I'm, I'm afraid. See, some of you are saying, Brother Mike, I'd really like to be used to the Lord, but I'm just a little afraid. Well, Moses, he was fearful. He finally said, okay, Lord. Lord, use him in a mighty way. But not only that, but we see Esther. Remember Esther? She was a young, young, young Jewish girl. And she was instrumental to keep her people from starving to death. Young Jewish girl. You remember David? Dave, King David. A man after God's own heart. He didn't get picked first. Matter of fact, when they was looking, uh, he was the very last one. Because they didn't think he, because of his appearance. See, you might say, well, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a little conscious about my looks and, and all that kind of stuff. You need to stop it. Amen. David, a little ruddy, but he was willing to be used. And God used him in a miraculous way. Oh, may I remind you also, David had some other issues in his life. 
Uh, there was adultery, there was murder. But God used David because David was willing. But then we can go and there's a beggar by the name of Lazarus. Beggar. I mean, he's the one that's out there on I-40 exit with a sign. He's a, he's a beggar. Okay? Get the picture? He begs. But yet, he preached a message to a rich man. So let's, let's kind of get how we're going here. First of all, uh, my past. Well, that, that one's already been canceled out because we see that he's used those with a past. Uh, by the way, all of us have a past. Okay? That's not the issue. The issue is if you've confessed and you've repented, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Okay, so your issue is not with God using you. Your issue is that you're fighting with the devil and you're buying into the devil's lies and the devil's the one telling you you can't be used of. Okay, so we got that canceled out. But then we got things like, well, you know, uh, I'm too old, I'm too young. Well, we see Moses, we see Esther. That kind of canceled that one out too. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about A, you remember Caleb? Caleb. The Bible tells us at the age of 85, he said this. I can take that mountain. He says, I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago. Now, I don't think he meant physically speaking, maybe. I'm thinking he's talking spiritually here. And by the way, while we're on this age kick... I'm telling you, the church today has lost our minds for some reason where we're thinking if you reach a certain age, it's time for you to kind of step aside. we got a new generation that needs to step in. I'm telling you, we've lost sight of that. What we need to understand is the older, if you check it in the Scriptures, the older were the ones that taught the youngers. And you can fuss about the generation all you want to, but I'm telling you, we're at blame because we have neglected our responsibility as those who have been seasoned or more mature in our faith. We're the ones that need to instill these that are coming in behind us because they don't know what they're doing, just like we didn't know what we're doing. But aren't you grateful that there's someone came beside you that had some wisdom and had a strong faith that instilled that and invested that? And we've talked about this on Wednesday night about how we're to be investing in people. And what we've done is, we quit investing in people and we're looking at other things and we're looking at education and all this other stuff that we talked about and that's the reason why the church is not making the impact that it, because we no longer are relying on His power. So, here's where we're at. Can God really use you? Got a pass. That one's out. Well, I got a, I got a situation here. That's out. Well, I got some personal things I got to work through. That's out. So what does that leave us? No excuses. No excuses. So here's what you're going to do. You cannot argue. The facts are the facts. 
Scripture is clear. No matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter if you have issues, you can be used of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's where we're at. It's all on us now. So how do we do this? Well, we do it just like the ones that we talked about this morning. We come to a place in our life where we say, Lord, we surrender. We surrender. Well, um, um, no telling where he'll put me. (laughs) Hey, wherever he puts you is the the best place to be. I mean, mean, you should think about it. Sometimes we just get goofy with our thinking. Oh, if I turn everything over to the Lord, He's going to send me to Africa. Well, that, if that's where you're supposed to go, then you're, you'll be... Oh, you know, he, oh, 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 here, here's the worst. Here's the worst case scenario. I'll be in nursery. I've got to be with a four and five-year-olds. Do you know what one four-year-old can do just by himself? We have one in our family. I cannot envision there's like 15 of them. 15 Elijahs. Oh, gosh. Not all of them will be saying, Papa. Well, if they do, then we have a serious problem on our hand. <laughs> but, oh, 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 oh. Uh, Brother Shane's been talking to me about helping with the youth. Oh, gosh. Teenagers, they're warped. They have, they Oh, they're just uh, one day here, one day they're here, one day they, and, 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 and oh, he, oh, she fell in love with him now, and they're in love, and all this kind of drama going on. And I just don't, if I surrender my life, he's going, I know what God's going to do. He's going to put me with teenagers. <laughs> but if God puts you there, that's where you need to be. Oh, they need van drivers. The van holds 15. I have to transport 15 snotty nose, disrespectful, have no home life whatsoever, act out, and you want me to drive them to church? If God puts you there. So here's what we got to do. We got to determine right now, right now, do I turn it all over to Him? I've told this story very quickly. I'm, I, I, God called me, and I know He called me to the pastorate. I know that with all my heart. I did not want to go into the pastorate. I've been around pastors, I know what they're like. And I heard all the horror stories. And I didn't want to deal with that. Just being honest. So what did I do? (laughs) Brother Shane, you'll love this one. I'll go to prison. So I went to prison ministry. Well, still miserable. But I was serving the Lord. But I was miserable because I didn't do what He told me to do. 
So I thought, okay, this prison thing, I know. Youth ministry. Went to youth ministry. Had good, led some kids, had a good time with a ministry like that. But I was miserable. Why? Because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. Finally, I surrendered. Said, oh, Lord. Okay, Lord. I, I know, I know, I know. Um, you want me to pastor a Baptist church? I have fought you. I have fought you. I have fought you. By the way, he wins. He'll always win. And I fought it and I fought it. Finally, I said, okay, I, I can't take it. And so, Lord, here I am. I went before the church. I was serving the youth pastor. Told them that I surrendered to the pastorate. I'd already been, they all know the story. The very next day, the very next day, I get a call from one of our deacons who met another deacon that had a church about 20 miles from where I was serving that did not have a pastor. They were looking for an interim. And he says, well, I got a number for you. He calls me up and he says, hey, was you serious about what you said yesterday morning? I said, yes. I said, I'm surrendering. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Wherever he leads, I will go. He says, well, here's a number you need to call. Be honest. Lord, I did not expect this, this soon. Is that not sad? That when we pray and we know we're supposed to be doing, and then God orchestrates it that we're kind of like caught off guard? That's a lack of faith on my part. So I went. Long story short, that was my first church. Best church. They loved me. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I ran for you, and I ran from you. But I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Amen. By the way, I believe this now. I might get fired tomorrow. I believe with all my heart I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be today. And it's not because Mike's so special. It's because at one time I turned and I said, Lord... I belong to you. You called me. You'll sustain me. And wherever you go, wherever you lead me, I'll go. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's what some of you need to do this morning. 